Amen. What up, church? That was good. Uh, I got to tell you, um, I love every week here. Um, last week was awesome. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Last week I was reflecting after the service and just sitting back in, and it's just an awe on where we're at as a church. And, and the things that like, I'm in awe of, like I'm in awe of what we get to help build here. Jesus is the architect and the builder, but we get to partner with him and build what we're building here. And I loved last week because people were coming up for prayer. Like people were confessing. People were praying for one another. Like I looked out in the audience and you all are like talking, having conversation, praying for one another. Like that is absolutely beautiful. This isn't like, just come here, uh, get the sermon, sing a nice song, and then leave. Like, this is much larger than that. It is about this community and what we are building here in the name of Jesus. And so last week, I just walked away and was just so thankful and so in awe of what we are building together. Like, I love seeing people talk after service. I love seeing people pray for each other. I love uh, that that is going. I love the groups that we are forming. Not because of some brilliant marketing scheme. It's because people want to be together and be in relationship with one another and grow in Christ together. It's because people are hungry for community, for relationship, for Jesus. We've had four months of Awesome financial health. We've had dozens of people join teams in the last two months. And it's all just beautiful. Like Jesus is slowly building, forming, transforming us as a community and us individually. And that is amazing. So, thank you. Uh, I love what we're building here. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. Last week... We talked about the beginning, the first half of Colossians chapter 3, and I wanted to break this uh, up into two sermons because I think each section uh, needs to be addressed. Last week, we talked about this phrase, put off. Paul says in the beginning of Colossians chapter 3, kill these things, put to death, put off these things in your life. And he says, do this because of Jesus. If you've been here, you know this has been kind of a working illustration, uh, but it shows our identity and who we are in Christ, that we are in Christ, that Christ is in us. That's the hope of glory. And so he begins that section by, since this is your reality, since this doesn't run the show anymore. Shelly every week is like, why do you keep throwing that all over the place? But it's sin, it's okay. Uh, This, that's not our reality. That doesn't have power anymore. This is our new reality. This is where we have power. Now, does the flesh still exist? Of course. Of course, we look back on that list, put to death all these things. It's this active, everyday thing because those things never fully die. But this is discipleship where we, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, abide in Jesus and slowly put off, put to death 
those things. Now we're caught up. Paul then, in in verse 12, starts. He says, therefore, therefore, okay? Therefore, all of the things previous in the chapters. Therefore, since you've put to death all of these things, therefore, is God's chosen people holy and dearly loved. Pause. He is reinstating, restating your identity in Christ. Like, here's a question. When you wake up in the morning and you go to the bathroom and first look in the mirror, I know, I know, it's all beautiful. You're always impressed by yourself and by the way you look first thing. What are your honest thoughts? And like when you look in the mirror, not just like the check to make sure like things are just okay and presentable for the rest of your family, but when you get in the mirror and like you really gaze in the mirror, like what are your honest thoughts about yourself? How do you view yourself? Because Paul is saying, look, when you look in the mirror, this is what you see. You are chosen by Jesus. You are holy. And you are his beloved. Like, let that sink in. And here's the beauty of it. It's not because of something, like you haven't done anything amazing but like it's not because you performed a certain way this isn't a job where if you perform the right way you'll get accolades and you'll get more money and you'll get more uh, status like it's not that kind of thing he's saying because therefore all the things previously in the chapters since you were dead and by Jesus's power you were made alive again in him because Christ in you is the hope of glory and you are in Christ because of all those things your life is hidden in Christ that means that you are holy you are loved you're his beloved So when you look in the mirror this week, just try it. Look in the mirror and go, I am loved by Jesus. I am holy. I am his beloved. We have so many voices in our head telling us something different. Try telling yourself the story, the narrative that Jesus says is true about you. And see what happens. You are God's chosen people. You are holy. You are dearly loved. You are not a sinner that occasionally does something good. 
See, through the work of Christ, Christ comes along and says, no, I have changed who you are. Like, it's not about this next section could quickly become about, like, modifying your behavior. Behavioral modification, that's the key to uh, Jesus thinking well of you. And he goes, no, before any of that, you are holy, you're beloved. And you don't change your behavior to gain acceptance by me, to gain salvation. You, I come along, and through the work of the cross, I change who you are. I change what's inside of you. I change what's outside of you. And I come along and say, it's because of my work that I change your identity, which then slowly changes your behavior. I don't get it twisted. There's a long line of people that have gotten it twisted. And at the end, they're bankrupt because they thought by changing their behavior, it would get them something. And the gospel is you don't need to change your behavior. You need to change your identity. And that will, over time, change your behavior. Paul begins this list and he says, look, you're God's chosen people, you're holy, you're dearly loved. Since this is true, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. So since these things are true, since this is all true, here's what you're to do. You're to put to death all these things, but you are also to clothe yourself with all of these things. And the imagery here is literally uh, like uh, someone putting on a jacket. Put to death all these things, but put on the jacket of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness, of patience. Be these things, Paul says. Put them on. Have compassion. Suffer with people. When people look at you, they should see kindness. That includes on your social media profiles. When, when they see you, they should see someone who's humble, who knows who they are, knows their identity, knows what God put them here on earth for, is passionate, and, and doesn't apologize for any of that, but is also very humble. They know their place, and they are surrendered to Jesus, in Jesus. Gentleness and patience. If you notice, uh, if you've been in church for a long period of time, you may notice that this list sounds a little similar to another list, right? In Galatians, another book that, another letter that Paul writes, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he says, put away these things. These things are not of walking in the Spirit, but if you're walking in the Spirit, this is Galatians 5, uh, maybe 6, I can't remember. Uh, if you're walking in the Spirit, you will start to see these things in your life. And it's the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of walking in the Spirit, with the Spirit, as you abide and remain in Jesus, are these things. Love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. 
in that letter, it's almost like this is the fruit of the Spirit. These things, as you remain in Jesus, that we've been talking about, as you walk with the Spirit, in the Spirit, as Christ is in you and you are in Christ, these things will grow in your life. This is the evidence. You will become a more joyful person. You will be more patient, more kind, more gentle. You will have more self-control. But I've been thinking about this all week. I think there's a little difference in what Paul's saying in Colossians, right? Like there's this truth that as we walk with the Spirit, these things will grow in your life. Like at the end of your life, these things, if you're walking with Jesus in Jesus, will be the fruit that you see. But in this, does he say, hey, church, these things will grow in your life? No. He says, put this on. Put it on. Which I think is kind of amazing, right? Because of who you are in Christ, put these things away, take these things off, and put this on. It's almost like he's saying, put these things on while these things are growing inside of you. So I, I don't think Paul leaves room for the Christ follower to go, well, I'm just not real kind yet. <laughs> that fruit's still growing, so I'm going to be a jerk. I'm not patient. It's a character flaw. Jesus is working on me. I'm not real self-controlled. I just do whatever I want. But Jesus is growing that in me. Paul's saying, no, no. As you follow Jesus in the community of Christ followers, there isn't an option. Put these things on while they're being grown inside of you. So be compassionate, whether you feel like it or not, right? Be humble, or find people in your life that will humble you for, like, serve you in that way. Be gentle, be patient. You don't wait until these things are grown inside of you. You put them on as you follow Jesus. And as you put these things on, they will grow in you. And pretty soon, you won't be able to tell the difference from what you've put on to what's growing inside of you. And then Paul continues, bear with each other. This word bearing is like, that's, that's what I think of when I think of when Paul says bear with, like it's not pleasant. It's this person is acting a fool and you're in relation and community with them and you just gotta be like, why are you the way you are? And, and they get to do that back to you because that's, people are also doing that to you, right? Bear with each other, forgive each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
is forgiveness an option as you follow Jesus? No. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean you condone whatever behavior happened that you needed to forgive. Forgiveness is for us and for the other person. But, but it doesn't mean that you stay in relationship with something that is toxic or unhealthy. But forgiveness is a matter of our hearts. And we are called to forgive. We are also called to be a boundaried community that sometimes it does not allow for things to happen, right? Like there are things in life that the church needs to stand up against and go, this is not okay, this will not happen. We also need to be a people that are forgiving. Forgive over all these virtues put on love, which binds all of them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts richly as you teach and as you admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Like, I love this section. Uh, here's a little secret. Uh, this is often the section of scripture that I preach on at weddings when I'm allowed to do whatever I want. This was what was preached on at my wedding. And I love this because Paul is instructing the entire community this is how we live. This is how we behave. Because of all that Jesus is, all that he's done, these are the things that we are about. <clears throat> and I love that it's like this, it's this gritty thing, right? Like put these things on. Bear with each other, forgive each other. Like we know every, there's always mess in relationships and in community. There is always mess. There is always a place where someone needs to say, I'm sorry. Where someone needs to say, please forgive me. When the community needs to come around and go, this isn't okay, this needs to stop. Paul says it's this love that needs to bind the community together. <clears throat> and it's not this soft, flimsy love where like, I love you as long as you do the things that I want you to do or be who I want you to be or behave the way that I think you should behave. It's this love that goes, even if blank, I still love you. I'm still patient. I'm still forgiving. I'm still kind. I'm still gentle. I'm letting the peace of Jesus, it, it doesn't come from me, the peace of Jesus rule my heart and my mind so that I can be these things. And as a, as a body, as a community, be thankful for Jesus. 
Be thankful for each other. Be thankful for the work that Jesus is doing in this place and outside of this place. Let's teach and instruct one another with all the wisdom. Let's sing songs. Let's sing uh, praises to each other. Let's encourage one another. Like this is the place uh, that the church, this is the kind of place the church should be. The place where you walk in the door, no matter what's going on in your life, you should be able to find encouragement and someone to walk alongside you and be like, this sucks, but I'm going to walk along with you. You need prayer? Let's pray. I need prayer too. Will you pray for me? Like, let's put on all these things. Let's forgive one another. Let's walk with each other. Even when you're, you're being kind of annoying, I'm still going to walk with you and bear with you. And let's encourage each other, instruct each other, hold each other accountable. And then he closes with this. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks through him. You may notice, but I close a lot with that at the benediction when we send you out. But I love this phrasing. He's saying, after all this instruction, after all of what I'm calling you to be as the church, I'm calling you to be this beautiful place where you know in your identity that you are holy, that you are chosen, that you're loved by me, that you have a new identity so these other things don't run your life anymore. Like you still got to struggle with them. That's all discipleship. But you put on these new things and it's beautiful. It's this beautiful picture of the church living life together so that when others outside the church see you, they should see this list of things. When your neighbor sees you, they should see this list. When people observe our church, they should see this list. And then he ends with whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever action you have in life, do it all in the name of Jesus. That's fairly all-encompassing, right? So you can be a mom today. You can be a dad today. You can be a student. You can be an adult. You can be a kid. You can go to class. You can go to work. Do the laundry. Make dinner. Go out and get your coffee. Show up in class. Be a good roommate. That's for moms and dads too. Drive your kid to their sporting events. While you're driving, while you're eating, while you're earning money, while you're spending money, while you're in that relationship, while you're out getting drinks with friends, while you're at the bar, while you're at the coffee shop, while you're at the restaurant, while you're doing the most mundane functional things in life, do it all in the name of Jesus.
Think about that this week. Every single thing you do, do it in the name of Jesus. This means that everything we do in life is important. Even sitting washing the dishes can be a spiritual activity that we do in the name of Jesus. So a question for us to leave us with. First, uh, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see this? Second, what do you need to put on? Like, think about that seriously. What do I need to put on in life in this list? Maybe I'm not kind. Maybe I'm not generous. Maybe I'm not loving. Maybe I'm not compassionate. Maybe I'm not doing a great job of walking with some, of bearing with someone. Like when they don't do what I want, I just tend to cut them off. Maybe there's, there's people or things in my life that I have not forgiven. Or maybe you, you have forgiven, but you find as life continues, you need to forgive again and again and again and again. Maybe you need to put on, like, encouraging, praying for each other, instructing each other. What do you need to put on? And then the last question for us. Are we doing everything that we say, that we type, that we do in the name of Jesus? Also, that when, when people see you, see us, they get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Amen? We're going to take uh, communion this morning. Um, communion centers us on Jesus. It, it reminds us of who we are to be. Who we are and who we are to be. In this world, it reminds us of the community that we're supposed to be in Christ. So, if you follow Jesus, if you are a Jesus follower here this morning, you are welcome to the table. We will walk up the center aisle. No, we'll walk out. Yeah, we'll walk up the center aisle. Sorry. We'll walk up the center aisle, walk, grab the juice and the bread, and then walk back to your seat. And then we'll all take communion together after the worship song is played. Paul says this. As he's reflecting on the Last Supper with Jesus. He says, I received this from the Lord and I also pass this on. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and we had given thanks, and he broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body, 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then he said, whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim who the Lord is. Isn't that beautiful? This is what we get to do this morning. Be thankful. Declare who Jesus is. And then declare who we are in light of that. Amen? Amen. We're going to start singing. And when you feel ready, feel free to come up, grab the cup, grab the bread, and head back to your seat. And then we'll take it all together as one family after the worship song.